This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 289 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. This is Lindsay McCall from Jupiter, Florida. And this is Ellie Brimmer from Wellington, Florida. And you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show, brought to you this week by the United States Para Equestrian Association. And we also have our coach, Jen, with us. Yay, I get to be producer this evening. I'm gonna, I'm, I am gonna. can't wait to hear about the year-end report because I don't get to hear every one of your shows. So I missed out on some things this year. So I'm excited to hear the conversation this evening. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Jen. You're welcome. Uh, Sydney is one of our younger para riders, and she was on our team for the World Equestrian Games in Normandy. She became famous out at the World Equestrian Games with her dog, Journey. (gasps) Oh, (laughs) Sydney is Journey's mom! (laughs) Yeah, yes. Now it's all coming together. Now, I'm I'm curious, uh, Lindsay and Ellie, for para equestrians, (laughs) um, I'm sure other para equestrians have service animals that they bring with them. Is that something that mm-hmm. is dealt with on a case-by-case, or is there a policy, or is there a procedure that the competitors go through when they need to bring their service dogs along? Um, there really hasn't been, but I think, like, uh, I think as it becomes more and more of a popular option, there might be, uh, there might be more regulations about it. Actually, um, at the World Equestrian Games, Journey was the first dog to ever get credentials at World Championships. And at first, um, the people that were helping with, like, the in-gate were reluctant to let him in. And actually, one of the show managers came up to us and was like, uh, let's investigate making a credentials for him. And at first we're all like, haha, that's kind of funny. But it ended up being really historical, actually. And Journey being the first one kind of paves the way for other service animals. Well, that kind of makes sense because when you go to any international level event of any discipline, the horses have credentials, so to speak. The horses will, will have a passport or a USEF um, paperwork and things. So they're essentially credentialed, even though they don't wear a ticket around their neck as, as a competitor. The human competitors are credentialed. It would make perfect sense that service animals would have a credential as well. Yeah, that's why it was such an exciting opportunity for Journey and I to be able to pave the way for other service animals to become more included because they really are such a helpful thing to have especially at a world championships yeah a lot of a lot of traveling about in unfamiliar territory exactly can i can i get a service dog when i go overseas because i just get lost a lot maybe can i just get one to help me get from place to place (laughs) i mean i I could use that too I think that's called a GPS, maybe. (laughs) They're so so cold. A dog is soft and warm and loves you when you mess up. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, 
that's great. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun talking about the whole year in review here on the Paris show this month. So why don't we take a short break for this message from Milk Creek Manufacturing, and then we will be right back to wrap up the year with Ellie. And then later in the show, we will be chatting with Ellen DeBilla about Western dressage and all of the amazing riding and competing opportunities that that new discipline holds. They've made the best even better. Mill Creek Manufacturing is now the first and only company to make stainless steel compact manure spreaders. What does that mean for you? A worry-free solution to your manure management for years to come. Often if a body on a spreader rusts, it's time for a new one. And we've had that happen. We certainly had some old spreaders that rusted out. Mill Creek stainless steel spreaders are guaranteed not to rust through for life. These are the only compact manure spreaders you'll find anywhere with a warranty like that. There's also a three-year warranty on the mechanics and structure. Put this together with Mill Creek's exclusive low-maintenance sealed bearings, and you've got a machine that you can count on to perform day in and day out with no headaches for you. The stainless steel option is available on six of Mill Creek's models, from the popular 27, suitable for up to four horses, to the Big Daddy 127 for over 20 horses. Two of the models can be ordered with either ground or PTO drive. Like all Mill Creek spreaders, stainless steel spreaders have the lowest sides in the industry for easy manure loading. You can't go wrong with any Mill Creek manure spreader, but the new stainless steel models are truly something special. You've never seen anything like them before. Mill Creek has been in business for almost 30 years, and they've continuously improved their designs with horse owners in mind. Horse owners like you and I, who appreciate the best quality, best engineered machines on the market. When you call Mill Creek, you'll reach them at their own factory in Pennsylvania. That's right, not in India, but in Pennsylvania, because they're all made in the USA. Give them a call today at 800-311-1323 or visit their website at millcreekspreaders.com. That's millcreekspreaders.com. We're excited tonight to uh, talk with Ellie and Sydney Collier, or I should say Ellie Brimmer and Sydney Collier and myself. And we're going to be chatting a little bit about the year in review and First of all, before getting started, since we have Sydney on the line, I wanted to know how the USEF convention went this year. This year's convention was extremely educational, and I had such a great time. It's such a unique experience, and anyone listening, I would really encourage you to investigate next year's, because... It's such an amazing educational opportunity, and you end up getting a lot of different connections out of it, and especially any kids out there. If you're eligible to apply for the grant that I won, actually, to be able to attend this year, I would definitely encourage you to do that because it's a great opportunity, and it's really great to be able to practice your writing skills, too, for that. So what exactly happens there at the convention? So at the convention, it's um, basically they have different educational opportunities going on and lots of meetings 
for um, some of them are open, which means you can go and observe the meetings, even if you're not one of the lead people. And some of them are closed with just the head officials meeting. And the educational opportunities were really priceless for me. I learned a lot about anything from how to feed your performance performance horse to evaluating your horse's confirmation, even waking up early in the morning to go to a Pilates class to help you perfect your your own body and try to become as good as you can for your horse. It it was really incredible. Like they covered really the full package of horse and rider and I had a really good time getting to meet all of the new up and coming riders and the adult amateurs and getting to meet George Williams and Charlotte Bradal who are actually the new delegates for the junior young riders. And it was really, really cool to get to hear about their new and exciting plans for the junior young riders. Um, yeah, Sunita, that's great. So, uh, yeah, I know I saw on Facebook that you have been doing the Pilates sessions, that I, and I've heard in previous years um, that's been a big hit with the people that, do get up early and decide to go. Um, <laughs> as you know, it's just half the battle is getting there at that hour. But uh, um, And then I know I've worked with uh, George a little bit with my own horse. He's such a nice guy. Um, are there any plans to kind of get, um, get any para-athletes involved in the Junior Young Rider Clinic or anything like that? Yeah, actually, that that's one of their main focuses, actually, is to try to get the paras involved in the Junior Young Rider Clinics that, that they're going to be holding throughout the country in different areas. And then the most, one of the most exciting parts is that uh, the paras are actually going to hopefully have a team at the North Americans this year. So that's really, really exciting. And a big part of it, too, is raising awareness for para as a discipline. And I would really encourage any of our listeners to get in contact with me or even Hope Hands, the president of the USPEA, uh, to get the connections going. And I'd love to be your liaison, almost, to navigating the sport of paradressage. That's so great. And Sydney, um, what's the best way to contact you? Um, well, actually, I have a website. Uh, it's www.sidsparaquest.com. That's S-Y-D-S-P-A-R-A-Q-U-E-S-T. And on there is all my contact information. Sydney, you were talking about how the Young Riders are going to have a team this year in Kentucky for the 2015 um, Young Young Rider Championships. How far has Young Riders really come this year? Is there anything exciting to report other than um, this coming about of the Young Rider Championship? Yeah, I would say that uh, the new program that George and Charlotte have planned out for the 
young riders and the juniors is really, really intriguing and super exciting, in my opinion. And I think that they have a great outline to be able to get more youth involved in the sport of paradressage as well as dressage. And I'm really, really excited about it and, and all the educational opportunities and clinics that are going to be available. Well, and we had a stellar year this year. Um, we had some great international shows. Uh, we did very well down in Wellington. The U.S. team did. And uh, we also did well in California at one of our international shows. And then we went over to France. And, Sydney, you were part of that team. You guys did great over there. And it looks like we are putting together a top team for 2016, hopefully, for the Paralympics. Yeah, I'm I'm really, really excited about seeing what the U.S. is going to come up with for the 2016 Paralympics. And we have a lot of amazing prospects. And I can't say enough good things about the team that I traveled over to Normandy with. They They were really a dream team to be able to work with. And... To grow with them as a team was extremely exciting because we had never really been in much of a team setting. We were competing against each other to earn these spots for the World Equestrian Games. And the amount that the team gelled together was really incredible for me to see and to experience at my first World Championship. And we got that new chef to keep Kai over there with you guys. I bet you really enjoyed working with Kai Hunt as well. Yeah, working with Kai was really incredible. He definitely was a great liaison for the para team over at the World Equestrian Games. I can't say enough good things about him, really. And I have to say my trainer, Wes Dunham, also was an invaluable asset for me over in Normandy navigating my first world championships. He he couldn't have been better. Oh, it's fabulous. He, he and now, um, now in Normandy, you had uh, borrowed a horse because uh, Wentworth had needed some, uh, your horse needs some rehabilitation, and now you're bringing him back and preparing. How has, um, how has the rides on those different horses that you rode last year prepared you for the uh, upcoming next year? My rides on NTEC Couple up in Millbrook, New York, owned by Trisha Mendenhall, and NTEC Willie Wesley. Actually, his name is just Willie Wesley. Um, owned by Victoria Dugan in Texas, really did prepare me and helped me to be the most well-rounded rider I could be for coming back to Wentworth and now bringing Wentworth back up from his time off. He's coming back bigger and better than ever, and I can't say enough good things about his recovery. And he's a really amazing horse, and it's awesome to be able to work with him once again. Oh, I'm so excited to see you guys down in Florida. I can't wait for the the CPEDI we have coming up. That'll be so much fun. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. It's, it's going to be a great competition, and I'm really looking forward to it. And all the 
other competitions coming up as well. It's going to be a great year for paradressage. Oh, for sure. I think, um, you know, really there's been a, there's a big push to raise the bar and to get people out to more shows and to get higher scores. So I know me as a rider, I'm really excited to see kind of everybody try to step it up and take it to the next level. Me too. I'm I'm super excited for it. And and I think we have a great up and coming team for the Paralympics in twenty sixteen and lots of incredible prospects prospects. Yeah, you know, twenty sixteen might seem to be a long way away for a lot of people, but we've um we've really had to been planning for a long time for this and so It'll be interesting to see how everything shakes out, for sure. Exactly. It's going to be great. <laughs> Ellie, uh, Ellie, can you tell us a little bit about um, what came in 2014, um, the Jonathan Wentz Memorial Challenge that was brought forward by the U- USET Foundation? Yeah. Um, we've had a very exciting fundraising program, speaking of preparing for the next Olympics, for our next quad. It's... Uh, sponsored by Margaret Dupree and the Barnfield Foundation, and it is a matching grant, which means that um, there's a $4,000 minimum, but anybody who donates $4,000 or more, their grant is matched twice over, which has been huge for us, and um, I'm not sure the exact numbers of what's been raised so far, but um, it's really exciting, and it's really getting people involved in paradressage because it's such a worthy cause, yet, um, you know, it's always one that struggled a little bit to tell its story. And we've been trying to do that more and more and get people more involved and more understanding of what it is we actually do and how competitive we are. And so this will really help um, springboard us, hopefully, onto the medal podium. And we also had a great year with um, some of the other para-equestrian disciplines. I know we had a couple para-reigning events start. Well, the first one was in 2013, but it seemed to really kick off in 2014 with all the para-reigning demonstrations. And it, it looks like USA Reigning is going to move forward and kind of put together the classification system with the help of the United States Para-Equestrian Association. And looks like we're going to have a para-reigning discipline in the future. Yeah, that, it's a really exciting opportunity for anyone who is a para but maybe doesn't necessarily do para dressage. And it's going to be really exciting getting to see how it develops through the years and getting to see it grow and blossom. Para driving, and they did, they had a great year too this year. They, uh, I think they won a bronze medal. Um, at the World Championships over in England this year, and it's great to see them doing so great um, for our entire paraquestrian discipline. Yeah, for sure. It's nice to see um, us getting more and more recognition and then uh, with our able-bodied compatriots and um, getting more and more integration and interaction between the disciplines, for sure. Sydney um, or Ellie, what are some highlights from this year? Anything, anything big to announce or tell us about? Definitely the World Equestrian Games. Yeah, <laughs> to say the least, it was 
It was an incredible opportunity for me and for our entire team and our partnerships. We were really proud with our results there, and uh, all of the partnerships came back to the U.S., and now we're all training and becoming the best athletes that we possibly can be for the upcoming show season and I'm really looking forward to seeing all of my teammates in Florida and on January 7th is actually our CPDI down in Florida at Global so that's going to be really exciting. And while uh, Sydney is talking about the high performance I think another big part of last year too was seeing a a number of developing riders we got to compete at the national championship at Gladstone as well. And uh, I know I was a part of that as well because I have a new horse. And so it'll be really interesting to see how those developing combinations from last year end up kind of moving into next year and seeing people uh, hopefully move up to more high-performance spots. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. It was amazing for me being at the national championships slash selection trials and how much that event has grown over the years. It was super cool to see, and the growth in the sport is just amazing and jaw-dropping in such a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. So exciting. I remember, um, Sydney, when I met you, you I think you had just started riding in dressage and I remember how excited you were to get started in the sport and hasn't it been fun to grow with the sport? It really has. It's been amazing for me. My my first experience with paradressage was in 2010 at the World Equestrian Games in Kentucky and it was there that I really set my sights out on becoming a paradressage athlete in general and so over the years I have gone up in the levels and with a lot of twists and turns along the way of course (laughs) Um, but it's really incredible to see the sport growing as well as growing with the sport. Yeah, for sure. It's, you know, I think that um, we've gotten the sport to such a great place, and I'm excited to see it um, see it keep going. And I think this next year um, will be a really uh, game-changing year for everybody. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what this year holds for all, all of us in general. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Sydney, for being on the call. Uh, We really appreciate you coming over and chatting with us, for sure. Uh, And I will see you soon. The Saddle Fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. TotalSaddleFit.com is proud to introduce the Shoulder Relief Girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. 
We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time, we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available. At TotalSaddleFit.com. Visit TotalSaddleFit.com. And now let's do a little lead change and bring on Ellen DeBella from the Western Dressage, Dressage Association of America. So take it away, ladies. Hi, Ellen. Thanks for joining Ellie Brimmer and I tonight on the radio it's show. My pleasure. It's my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. So we want to kind of talk about a really unique discipline and throw that in here on our dressage radio show. And we want to kind of hear about Western dressage. I'd be delighted to talk to you about Western dressage. It is such an exciting new discipline, and it is one of the fastest-growing disciplines in our entire equine world. So thanks for calling me, and welcome to our journey. Grayson, <laughs> looking forward to hearing about it. What can I tell you? Um, can you so explain... We- um, Can you just explain the basic premise of what Western dressage is? Well, the basic premise of Western dressage is that horsemanship has for thousands of years uh, since Xenophon and the Greeks has been based on uh, the principles of classic dressage in which the goal is to create a horse who's stronger, more responsive, and more supple. So uh, several years ago, uh, we, a group of us got together and said, why not bring this wonderful, uh, this wonderful group of principles to the world of us Western folks, and uh, it will be of great benefit to our Western horses, and by golly, it's turning out that way, so we're really excited. Has it been really well accepted among the dressage community as well and the Western community? Well, it it actually has been. One of the delightful things that we've discovered is that many of the dressage GMOs who put on schooling shows um, really find it advantageous to offer Western dressage classes as well as the regular dressage classes. It helps fill out their numbers and makes those schooling shows much more viable financially. And in the Western world, we find a huge number of people who are so excited to find second careers for some horses who've been very successful as rainers and ranch horses and now perform in Western dressage. It's just been so exciting. Um, Yes, and then, so now... We come from the world of paradressage, and how do you see, um, obviously there's no Western dressage test, but I feel like it could be a unique place for, uh, for para-riders as well when they're, um, they're getting started in their dressage careers, and that seems to be a very interesting avenue. Um, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I will just share very briefly um, a story about how I bought my very first horse that was my own horse. 
uh, I'm not saying quite how many years ago, but it was quite a while ago. My husband was in the Army Medical Corps at that time and was stationed at Fitzsimmons Army Hospital here in Denver, Colorado. And the medical mm-hmm. social worker there owned Morgan Horses and decided that as part of the rehab program for the Vietnam vets who were amputees and paraplegics, that she would use horses. And I saw some wonderful, wonderful young men uh, suddenly be able to stand tall and ride tall because the horse gave them the mobility and the control over the world that they didn't have in a wheelchair. And I just was so excited. I saw these young men do cutting and reining and trail riding. And so I think back to that experience with Western dressage, and I see that both in terms of the tack we use, a Western saddle, and even more important, our mission, which is uh, to honor the horse but to really value the partnership between horse and rider. I see mm-hmm. that as being a basis for tremendous potential with a paradressage community. Yes, I feel like it could be a nice place because we've gotten, we're now the reigning discipline is coming online, and obviously we have the, the dressage discipline, so it could be a nice place for people who are not sure what they, who aren't quite sure where they want to go yet or what they want to do. It can be a nice place to get started. Um, and so now, this is a very new sport. What do you see looking towards Western dressage in the future? What What are the goals? Well, uh, the goal, of course, is to make this wonderful discipline available to any uh, horse and rider uh, who wants to improve their riding skills and their partnership. There's also a, a, quite an emphasis on safety in Western dressage because we find many of our riders are um, mature ladies who may either be riding for the first time or returning to riding after many years off to either pursue a career or to raise children. And so we're very mindful of that. Right now we have more than 30 state affiliates in the United States who are either formed or in the process of organizing. We have several international alliances one in Queensland, one with all of Australia, and uh, one with Canada. And we have tremendous interest, to, oh, from the UK, from, from all over the world. At our recent World Championship show in Tulsa, the 1st and 2nd of November, we had over 7,000 people from countries all over the world, as well as from the United States, watching Western Dressage and joining us. So our goal is to keep on reaching out so that more and more people have the opportunity to enjoy their horses more using Western dressage. Ellen, could you maybe explain, and now because I'm just, I needed to the basic terms, when you come into the ring um, and you're going to be riding a Western dressage test, or is it called a pattern, tell it's me, I guess, how, what you would do. What I would do, well, before before I came in the ring, I would spend uh, quite a bit of time uh, riding my horse to relax the horse, supple the horse, to organize the horse with me so that we're a good partnership when we go in that ring. And uh, 
I, I will be riding the horse uh, in one of the many tests that we have. It starts at an intro level where the tests are walk, trot only, moving on to the basic level, walk, uh, jog, and lope, and uh, up through third level, and we do freestyles. So I generally come in at a working jog, and I come uh, to the point designated in the test, X in some tests and uh, different points at another, halt, salute the judge, and then begin my test and ride the test as it's laid out. And you can go to our website, westerndressageassociation.org, and see the tests, the guidelines. Uh, it's just tremendous amount of information there. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And tell me about, um, I guess, your role in all this. Did you uh, um, get this all started? Well, I was one of four uh, founding uh, board members uh, and just have enjoyed this so much. I'm currently the secretary of the Western Dressage Association and love doing that because it gives me lots of opportunity to communicate with people, uh, visit about Western Dressage, write to people. It's just, it's great fun. Now, um, what kind of horses that just like quarter horses and teen horses and those kind of things, or what other breeds do you see doing Western well, Dressage? Uh, all breeds and mules as well. We just were overwhelmed with the wide variety of breeds of horses that we saw at our world championship show. I myself have Morgan horses. We had Arabians there, half Arabians, quarter horses, paints, pintos, a couple of Appaloosas. We had uh, Fjords. We had a Halflinger. It just goes <laughs> on and on. It was, it was wonderful. That's fabulous. Um, now, will there be, are you guys doing breed awards like Dressage? Uh, we uh, will be moving into breed awards. We have a number of breed alliance partners, uh, Morgan Saddlebreds, Arabs, uh, Pintos, Appaloosas, Missouri Foxtrotters. Oh, I forgot to mention, we have uh, gated horses as well in Western Dressage and tests for those uh-huh. gated horses. It's, it's just awesome. We will move into specific breed awards uh, based on um, work with the individual breed affiliate organization. This year, we're launching our own awards program where horses can accumulate um, uh, points uh, that will stay with the horse and uh, will be a wonderful way for people to recognize their horses, to celebrate the horse's accomplishments, and also to add value. Uh, to their horses, and we think that's particularly important. Um, now, one last thing before we wrap up. If you would like to ride a Western Dressage test and you don't see it on your show program for your local show, um, how would you proceed? Uh, I would contact that local show and say, please, I'm really interested in Western dressage. What can I do to uh, help you offer Western dressage classes at your show? 
great. Um, thank you so much. It's been so lovely talking with you. It's um, my pleasure. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you for your your interest in Western Dressage, and um, welcome to our journey. Thank you, Ellen. What was that website again? It's Western Dressage Association, that's all one word, dot org, because we're a 501c3, and uh, we are an educational association. Our mission is to share wonderful possibilities of Western Dressage with every horse and rider. That about wraps it up for this week. Thanks to our guests, Sydney Collier and Ellen DeBilla. You can find links to their websites and social media at dressageradio.com. Also, a big thank you to our sponsors, Milk Creek Spreaders and Total Saddle Fit. Mm-hmm.